Yes, I am. That's, that's not evil. Being hostile to all mankind and subversive is not evil. Well, I have to say that because St. Paul said the Jews are enemies of the entire human race. They are. What do you think of Jordan Peterson? Uh, did you see the video about where he said, I can't do it? Adam, I'm trying to do you a favor. You're fighting for the gay disco. Don't make your ignorance normative for the rest of us. Don't, don't use those kinds of slurs on the fighting for the gay disco. What are there are no slurs here? Die for the gay disco. This is an uprising against smug elites. Smug elites. So there are those and the opposite of Definitely our most requested guest, uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones, a man who needs no introduction. I mean, it is. That, that's, what they, that's what they pay the Rockefeller Foundation to do. Uh, you're not supposed to know what I just told you. They didn't know about this. They didn't know what we know now. I mean, is there any argument you can use to wake them up? Yeah, I think uh, God had a plan for your life. Well, you'd be jerking off to every curvy piece of driftwood you saw at the beach. Fight the people who don't like disco. Maybe you would. And you're consistently refusing to talk about pornography. Uh, Pete Buttigieg yeah. seems to be the exhibit A of that process. Yes, yes. Because you think that the anus is a sex organ, don't you, Pete? Uh, Richard Spencer hands out spears and he says, charge the machine gun nest. Dr. Jones. Sorry. <laughs> Not all of the heads of the Federal Reserve were Jews, but after a certain period of time, uh, that seemed to be the case. An interview with Roseanne Barr, which I'd like to play for you right now. Air. There's always been a ceiling on on speech, hasn't there, in a way? Of course. Nobody wants to hear the real truth. They're horrified. They'd rather go with bullshit. It's easier. And uh, Like for the real truth that, you know, and I'm glad that they did set up all these guidelines so that we only are allowed to speak the truth. And the truth is that Biden got 81 million votes by winning 36 counties. And that is just incredible. It really, really is. And um, that of these 81 million supporters who gave him more, more votes than any president has ever gotten before, he came with a mandate from these 81 million voters. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just glad that they were very careful to make sure that nobody could um, detract from that proven truth. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Like that nobody... That they mandated that that was the truth and that nobody could say, well, what about no? Oh, it was made a mandate? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So the government made it a mandate? Yeah. 
because you know YouTube did, and so did uh, all oh, the social. Oh, so you can't speak. You can't even speak on that in those platforms. No, you can't say. You know that it wasn't. You can't say that like. You know, the there election was, election. was rigged. Or, yeah, right. that's all a lie. The election was not rigged. 36 counties can give you 81 million votes. Right. That's a fact. So it wasn't rigged? Of course not. Yeah. 36 counties have 81 <laughs> million people in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Yeah. That's the truth. And yeah. don't you dare say anything against it or you'll be off YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And all the other ones, because we have, you know, there's such a thing as the truth and facts, and we have to stick to it. And, um, you know. It's scary. And that is the truth. And nobody died in the Holocaust either. No. That's the truth. Yeah. It should happen. It, Six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world, but it never <laughs> happened. But it never happened. Yeah. Mandated. Well, you're, because you're part Jewish, right? Part of your family's Jewish? I'm all Jewish. You're all Jewish. 100%. And a lot of Hollywood is Jewish, yeah? It's like a, it's like a lot of Hollywood is a Jewish business, really. Well, they started Hollywood. Yeah. Right. But so was it weird Just that- like rap. Black people started rap. Yeah. So I wouldn't go over there and try to get in rap and go, all these black people. <laughs> all right. She goes on and on uh, in that, uh, in that vein. Uh, said basically that uh, she denied the Holocaust. Uh, now, this was this what she said, uh, and nobody died in the Holocaust either. That's the truth. It should happen. Six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world, but that never happened. And then Barr added she's 100% Jewish. Now, um, now, if you said that, uh, you'd be uh, in trouble. Uh, Roseanne Barr did, is not in trouble uh, because she's Jewish and she has Jewish privilege and apparently you're allowed to deny the Holocaust. Now, the ADL came out and said to her, that uh, said about her that it was a bad thing. They gave her a slap on the wrist and nothing is going to happen to Roseanne Barr because she said that. She also said something that I thought was interesting before that. She said that comedy was the last bastion of free speech in America and uh, uh, maybe that's true. We, we were all happy when uh, Dave Chappelle gave his talk. He talked about the Jews. It's the ultimate taboo. You can't talk about them. No one's allowed to say the Jews. And uh, everybody thought it was funny. Now, there is something to this uh, because uh, Jewish comedians uh, were allowed to use comedy to basically overturn the social order in America. I'm talking about people like Lenny Bruce back in the 1960s. Uh, it was called obscenity then, but uh, uh, by 1973, Alan Dershowitz was saying obscenity was protected by the First Amendment. You can watch him on YouTube uh, defending uh, Deep Throat against William F. Buckley. Fifty years later, uh, however, he's in the White House uh, signing, uh, applauding Donald Trump for signing a bill making it illegal to criticize Israel. So this is really uh, confusing, isn't it? Um, What would have happened if Kyrie Irving said that uh, nobody died in the Holocaust and uh, six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the trouble in the world? Well, we don't know because he never said that, but he recommended a film uh, and all hell broke loose. 
uh, he was suspended. He's an NBA player. He was suspended. He had to pay this big fine. He had to grovel before the ADL for simply recommending a film that was something to do with uh, black origins and being a black Israelite. Uh, which uh, I think is protected speech under the First Amendment. Nobody's allowed to dictate your religion here. Uh, what if uh, Kanye West said that uh, no one died in the Holocaust and that uh, six million Jews should die right now? What would happen to him? Well, we don't know because he never said that, but he said something about his Jewish trainer a guy by the name of Harley Pasternak, who was apparently blackmailing him, threatening to do something so that he'd never see his children again. And he had said something like going DEFCON 3 on the Jews. Uh, and uh, he didn't get a slap on the wrist. He was uh, lost a couple hundred million dollars because uh, the Jews pressured Adidas to drop his contract. So uh, what's going on here? Uh, first of all, let me state here that uh, Roseanne Barr was wrong. Many people died in what is now called the Holocaust. Uh, most of them weren't Jews. Uh, there was uh, no one died in a gas chamber in a place called Dachau, uh, even though there's a man who stands at the a Jew stands out there and claims it was. If you talk to the lady who's the head of the whole thing, he sa she says, no, it never happened. There were no gas chambers. But he's allowed to say that uh, with impunity, okay? But uh, so it's part of, you know, my ongoing attempt to educate myself about this. I've been reading a book called Christus in Dachau, uh, written by an Austrian priest by the name of uh, Lenz. And he had lots of interesting things to say about uh, Dachau. Uh, first of all, uh, the, the main group of people that was interned in Dachau, uh, certainly beginning in 1938, when basically the Nazis rolled into Austria and, and basically annexed that country, uh, was the government, first of all, the Catholic government, and large numbers of priests. Uh, what happened over the course of the, the next, uh, let's talk, that was 38 up until 1945, more and more priests, bishops, Poles, all showed up in Dachau. And part of what allowed the Nazis to do this was the criminalization of language. That's how it started. Uh, they started coming up with all kinds of uh, laws that you never heard about before. And so on uh, December 21st, uh, 20, December 20th, 1943, a man by the name of Carl Lampert, a priest, was sentenced to death. Uh, and these are, these are my translations. The book is in German, but uh, for portray the enemy in a favorable light. Corruption of the military and best of all, radio crimes. Radio crimes. Rundfunkverbrechen or something like that. Okay. Now, Carl, the man who, uh, Father Lance, the man who stayed there, uh, was there, although he had to stay there until 1945 until it was liberated, said that uh, the the basis for this was dechristianization. The dechristianization of Europe led directly to the catastrophe of the Third Reich. In 1938 is the year that uh, of the Anschluss when the Germans annexed uh, Germany. Rosenberg, the German propaganda, Nazi propagandist, said that uh, at a conference in Nuremberg, said the worst enemy of National Socialism is the Catholic Church. Uh, 
Therefore, it must be exterminated. All of these priests were there in a program to exterminate the Catholic Church. Hitler said around the same time, I'm going to stomp the church to death like toad. Okay, now you never hear this because what has happened over this period of time, uh, the, since the end of World War II, is the systematic Jewish appropriation of the Holocaust. They have turned it into their sacred cause. Uh, I think it's a religion. I think it is their religion. And uh, they have made it uh, illegal in Europe uh, to say anything about it, basically, anything that the Jews don't like. Now, again, we are different here because we have the First Amendment. Uh, and if you have the First Amendment plus uh, you're Jewish and you come from Hollywood, even if Hollywood doesn't like you now, uh, you can say whatever you want. And you can say it's comedy or you can say it's satire. But this, the, the issue is going on, continues uh, it, here in the same way that it did in the Third Reich. And what we're talking about is defamation and dehumanization. Taking over the language, using the language as a weapon to uh, demonize certain people, to isolate them from the people that they belong to, and then uh, one step, the next step is, of course, to punish you for doing something that nobody ever knew was wrong before. Now, uh, this has already gotten this far. This is a sign, I think, that uh, uh, we're at an existential threat to democracy right now. Uh, as if to, they knew what I was thinking, the Michigan uh, House of Representatives have just passed a hate speech bill um, in which uh, you will be fined. You could go spend five uh, years in jail and have a $10,000 fine if you offend the clause against gender identity, which means if you misuse pronouns in the state of Michigan, you can go to jail. Uh, now, how, how do we know that? How do we know that you misused them? Well, the criterion here is whether someone feels offended by the words that you use. Uh, this is not a good sign, okay? Uh, as a sign that uh, this is not the only place that it's happening uh, all around the world now. Uh, the Estonian parliament just passed uh, a law legalizing gay marriage. What we're seeing is a trajectory here. Okay. Uh, if you go, this Chivalta Catolica talked about this trajectory over 100 years ago. If you live in a country where they, will, where they decide to strike down the laws that were created by uh, Christian kings, by a Catholic parliament, uh, you will end up being ruled by Jews. There is a clear trajectory here. If you uh, are, live in a country where you overturn the laws prohibiting abortion, for example, or prohibiting, uh, allowing gay marriage, uh, you are opening the door to Jewish control of your country, and the first step toward Jewish control is going to be hate speech legislation. That is exactly what happened in Ireland. And today I'd like to bring in uh, one of my favorite Irish people. We're going to talk to Gemma O'Doherty uh, because she's now in exactly that situation that I just described. So Gemma, welcome to South Bend, Indiana. Thank you. Welcome to Dublin. <laughs> Thank you. Good, good to be with you as always.
Now, uh, I, I mentioned, I brought this build up to uh, your situation. Uh, so I'd like you to tell us about your situation. You're involved in a, a, a lawsuit here, a harassment lawsuit, uh, uh, but something, something else entered into the equation. So would you tell us what's going on here? Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we, any journalist, I mean, there's probably only about two of us left in the country, myself and John Waters, but, uh, and he also is, is being threatened with these, um, very spurious legal actions in Ireland. We have the strictest defamation laws, probably possibly in the world. And, um, the courts are now used to try and bankrupt people, very, very big payouts. But they used to be quite fair, you know, and uh, a jury uh, trial would be carried out. And, you know, it was all done above board and you couldn't talk about the trial in advance if, for fear of prejudic prejudicing the trial and, you know, um, biasing one side or whatever. But um, I, I a newspaper called The Irish Light and in November of last year, we did an edition called Died Suddenly. And we published the pictures of about 40 young people who had died suddenly. Now, we said in the main article, we didn't know how they had died. We didn't know whether it was it the vaccine, was it suicide? We did not know, but we do know that they died suddenly. And each picture was about this size, postage size stamp. And we didn't name them. It was just a tiny microcosm of the pandemic of sudden deaths among young people since the um, the rollout, I suppose, of the vaccine. But as I stress, I did not, we did not say that it was definitely the vaccine. Um, a few weeks later, uh, one of the mothers of uh, those young people, he was an adult, came out and started making the most outrageous statements about me, really libelous, really dangerous stuff, and that I had destroyed her and her mental health was destroyed because her son had been linked to a story that may have suggested he died from the vaccine when it was actually suicide. Now we had said this. So I didn't really take any any heed of it at the time. So, but, so, so we're talking about her feelings, basically. I mean, we, we are. No, no one, no one is disputing the truth of what you said, which is basically that the, that the man died, right? It seems to me that's the only died suddenly. That's it. Like you know, another of these cases of healthy people dying unexpectedly. He was eighteen, and uh, you know, it's happening all over the country. It's very noticeable in a very small country like Ireland, where everyone knows each other. You can't hide it. Every time you go out on the streets, there's you know, hearses or ambulances and it's it's everywhere you know and the impact of of the vaccine is clearly it's all, being, it's all over the world too it's not just ireland there are people like uh, sports figures uh, soccer players dropping dead on the field at, at what would be the the height of their uh their athletic potential, 25 years old, something like that, they suddenly drop on the field. A man just recently, I forget his name now, but he complained after getting, he was forced to get the shot, okay, mm -hmm. to get two shots. He said it, it, it ha adversely affected his health. He had a heart attack and then he suddenly drops dead after saying that. So it's certainly an issue. No one's disputing the, uh, the factuality of the issue. So it comes down to basically, you hurt this lady's feelings, I guess. Is that what it is? Correct. Now, I would have said, I mean, her son died in August of 2021. I would have said she had more important things to worry about than, 
you being ups, becoming obsessed with me, but clearly not. And um, so the hatred and the venom that was being spewed out of the mainstream media towards me made me feel there's something more going on here. This is not a normal reaction. Like I've, I've spent a lot of my career dealing with bereaved families who've been victims of state corruption. And I know how bereaved families, victims of murder, for example, behave, you know, that this was not a normal reaction. And um, so the harassment became more and more intense against me in May. And next thing, a legal action was launched against me. Now, I had taken efforts to, you know, remove the picture. The picture really had not, not been online at all. My paper is completely and totally suppressed. But as soon as she started talking about me and defaming me, the picture of her son was everywhere, all over the Irish media. It wasn't my picture, the picture that I had used, which had already been published. It was online. That's how I got it. There was no copyright. You know, the man was dead. The picture was available and it was used as part of one of the most important pieces of journalism ever done in this country to say, why are so many of our young people dropping dead? So you're, so, not, you're not even the only journalist who published the picture then? No, no. I, I mean, the picture was online. It was already online in the local paper on mainstream media. But this was a direct attack on me because I am, I believe, the biggest threat to the establishment in Ireland because I'm the one they keep coming after. So and I've suffered hugely. I mean, I have four convictions because of the fact that I said no to the lockdown. I have now four criminal convictions. And, um, you know, I, look, I, I wear it as a badge of honor. I've suffered hugely over the last three years to try and protect the freedom of the Irish people. Um, but this latest attack is in a league of its own because legal proceedings were then initiated against me um, on the grounds that I had engaged in a campaign of harassment against this woman. I've never had any contact with her. And the idea that I would harass anybody, it's just anathema to me and I find it gravely insulting. So I started to say there's more to this death and I started to look into it and I requested from the coroner the inquest file. And when I got the inquest file, I discovered that it was an absolute shambles and there were clearly many, many questions about this young man's death that had not been answered. And then I was accused of, you know, inciting further, um, you know, I suppose she was claiming this was all harassment. Now an inquest is a public document and everyone is entitled to that. So um, when they saw I'd got hold of the inquest, you know, there was very strange comments from the mother in her inquest statement about the nature of how she found her son allegedly hanging from a wooden thing in a shed. Um, she was the, the person who found him. There was a lead up to it where he was very upset, yet she was saying that he was the happiest boy. There was no problems with him. He had bought a subscription for PlayStation for a year the day that, he, that this happened. He, she was saying it was definitely suicide. But to me, it started to look like there was more going on and that possibly 
It seems, seems to me that if it, it would be defamatory to say that it was suicide, although I don't see how that would apply to a dead person. And you're saying it was the COVID, which is not defamatory, which is not defamatory. So but, well, no, but, no, 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 no. I, I was say I didn't say I said it, it's I didn't say I just said we don't know how he died, that it could be the vaccine. It could be suicide. I never mentioned COVID. Um, but the more I looked into the case, I started to feel that there was a drug at drugs element as well, because at the funeral, the priest spoke a, quite a bit and in, ver in very, very specific terms about drug dealing, drug peddling, etc. When I got hold of that and I showed that many of the people who were present after the in the immediate aftermath of the boy being found, who, well, he is a man, an adult, I have to say that. Um, none of these people appeared at the inquest. The postmortem had got hanging on it and they crossed that out. They changed it to asphyxiation due to ligature. The inquest was not, the postmortem was not signed off on for three months after it was originally done. There was so many holes and I'm used to going through inquests and I'm used to, you know, examining suspicious deaths and I knew this wasn't right. It was a cover-up. So next thing, an injunction is slapped upon me. And last week they went into court on Wednesday in an ex parte motion, which means I wasn't even aware of it. On Wednesday night, headlines everywhere once again about me being engaged in a campaign of harassment against the, the complainant, against the mother. The campaign of harassment is being carried out by her, her lawyer, whose office in Dublin just happens to be housed in the same office as the Communist Party of Ireland. Now let, let that sink in. So we have an idea what's going on. This same lawyer has a statue of Lenin on his desk. And um, so I was told that I had to be in court on Friday, two days later, to account for myself and to give a guarantee that I will never discuss this case again. And I will never discuss the medical records, which are public document in Ireland. Inquest files shall, according to law, be made public. It, that means they must be made public. The inquest is paid for, out of the public purse and it is for and on behalf of the public to look at suspicious deaths and to make sure that we are all happy that they've been looked after properly by the state and that there isn't a murder, you know, or there isn't something that needs to be investigated more thoroughly. Just, just, just in, uh, as a reference here, has anyone read the law to you? What is the law? What law are we talking about here? What does the law say here? The law says that I'm completely and totally in the right. Um, this began in relation to the use of a picture of a dead man, which was already published, I assume, originally by the family. It was published on the bereavement site, which is public. It was published in local and mainstream media. So there was no copyright. And this is where it began. When they started to defame me, and that, that is perfectly legal, Mike. There's nothing immoral about what we did. There's nothing illegal about what we did. And there's nothing journalistically unusual because that's how the mainstream media get their most of their pictures now anyway, you know, because they, right. they just trawl through the internet right. and they, that's how they get them. Yeah. But the judge getting to the, the really interesting part, 
on the Friday, I wrote to them on the Thursday after a night of outrageous defamatory headlines about me that I needed to be restrained because I was investigating a case of huge public interest. Before I get to what the judge said, in one of his interviews about me, the lawyer in this case said that this case against me would result, would, they were seeking legislative change, which means they want to change the constitution of Ireland to restrict our ability to look at inquests, to look at deaths that may be suspicious and to try and stifle our free speech. So I told the firm that I could not just jump and get everything ready in less than 48 hours and that I would not be able to attend on Friday and that the hearing could, could, be, could be put back and to please inform the judge of same. The hearing on Friday went ahead and a penal order was issued for my arrest if I did not to stop discussing this case of a young man who died suddenly in suspicious circumstances. But the judge in his presentation said that Miss O'Doherty is also a person who questions the Holocaust, who is a Holocaust denier and an anti-Semite. Well, wait, wait, stop. What's that got to do with this uh, harassment case? Why, why did- Absolutely why, nothing. Why is that relevant here? Absolutely nothing to do. Well, it's relevant because as we say, to find out who rules over you, simply learn who you are not allowed to criticize. And the well, context in Ireland, Mike, as you well know, there's no Jewish presence here. You know, it's ridiculous. It's a Catholic country. There's maybe about 800 of them and they're very low key and nobody gives a toss about them. And that, you know, there is no Jewish influence in Ireland. You would never see an Orthodox Jew walking around the streets of Ireland as you would, you know, just to hop across the water in London. Right. You know, they're, they're everywhere. But in Ireland, there are no, we kept them out. We kept them out. So th this is, you know, he gave the game away. And well, so well, I now have a, a penal order against me, but I'm not going to stop talking about this case because this woman wants to change our constitution. Well, we need to know everything about her. Shouldn't the judge have to recuse himself once he makes a statement like that? Isn't isn't that prejudicial? Of is course it, it is. If it were, if there were a jury there, wouldn't this prejudice the jury against you by bringing completely extraneous material? Absolutely, absolutely. But he was told to say that because this man, God bless him, like he's not the brightest judge on the bench, and he represented a highly corrupt police commissioner who had me fired from my job of twenty years. Um, in 2012, I was a multi-award winning journalist getting murders reopened. And when I found out that this police commissioner had speeding points wiped, uh, he, he, he had me fired from my job. Now I sued my boss and that, you know, that all worked out very well for me in the end. But this judge represented that commissioner as his, as his lawyer before he became a judge. And that is another reason why he should recuse himself because I'm directly linked to this police commissioner. Right. So right. it's absolutely, it's, it's outrageous. And the worst it's, thing about it is nobody has anything really to say about it, you know? This, I, I, if, 
journalism is at stake right here. You would think that the other journalists would bring this up. But the, the other thing is that uh, there's, there's a pattern emerging here, uh, obviously. Uh, the thing that has spr springs immediately to mind is the situation in Canada, uh, another uh, former British colony, okay? Uh, and when the trucker strike uh, broke out uh, and uh, the government decided that we're not going to talk with these people, we're going to destroy them. The first step to destroying you is to demonize you in language. And that's when this uh, Jewish uh, member of parliament stood up and said, these are all Nazis. This, this is the simplest way to destroy your opponent. You have to demonize people. You have to defame people. And there's one uh, general uh, ready-made uh, defamation campaign that's all ready to be launched against anybody that people in power disagree with. And it's anti-Semitism and, and the Holocaust. No matter whether it applies, it doesn't apply to you, to a harassment suit. It didn't apply to the truckers in Canada, but that doesn't change the matter. This is what will get dragged out in order to destroy anybody they don't like. Yeah, and it's, it's signaling to the controllers, I think, as well. It's signaling, you know, to to their bosses whoever is funding all of this i mean i i don't know it's it can't be funded out of ireland and another thing that this woman has done a fundraiser has been set up which is completely illegal you cannot fundraise in advance of a civil case and uh the judge has turned a blind eye to that as well so but you know he by mentioning the holocaust he is showing he has been told to say that he, the, oh, this who, told him? who told him? Well, exactly. I mean, was it the SPLC? Was it the ADL? Because Wait, they've identified me. Yeah, right. A, you've you've already been targeted by Heidi Byrick of the Southern mm -hmm. Poverty Law Center. So it's not even the Irish that are going after you. You're you're an international figure. You can't uh, you can't hide from these people. There's going to be someone out there who will get on your case, and then if you have a, a, a pliant tool of the oligarchs who's in the judiciary, uh, they will take this case up. He Heidi Byrick uh, and I go back a long time. I I gave that speech at the Sam Francis Memorial where I basically talked about the Jewish revolutionary spirit because that's what I was writing about at the time, and uh, Heidi was stunned. Uh, be, I know this because she, she wrote an article right after I gave the speech. Uh, she was expecting that it was, uh, I was going to say something racial, and it turns out I said the exact opposite. So she just said, oh, he was, uh, E. Michael Jones gave a speech. He was red-faced and shouting. Didn't say anything about what I said, which was the antithesis of the racial narrative that she was expecting. You know, I said, this has nothing to do with race. It's has to do with theology. The Jews rejected Christ. You reject Logos, you become a revolutionary. She couldn't even process that. So she wrote an article uh, after that, when she finally started getting around to thinking, like, what's this word Logos? She said Logos is a Latin word. Shows you how educated she is. Uh, and then she went on to uh, create a phantom conspiracy of traditional Catholics that were conspiring together to do something. I don't know what we were going to do. Uh, and that list ended up in the FBI office in Richmond, Virginia. So the government got a hold of it because the SBLC was collaborating with the FBI. And then the list shows up with 
in Josh Hawley's hands, the, sen the senator from uh, Missouri, who has Merrick Garland, uh, dragged him into the Senate and said, why are you going after conservative Catholics? Well, Garland was dumbfounded. Oh, well, no, we're not. Oh, well, here's the list. Garland didn't know what to say. Because what happened here is that it had crept into the government. The government was enforcing it. It kind of blew up at that point. And then uh, I think that they learned their lesson and backed away. But this looks like the difference between the United States and America. Now. I, I'm sorry, the United States and Ireland right now. Yeah, no question, no question. But like they keep shooting themselves in the foot. You know, they they really, really do. And the levels of derangement at this stage, you know, I mean, even the dumbest people are starting to say, "Hang on, this is this is absolutely crazy." And so it is all backfiring. You know, their lies are catching up with them. Uh, the hysteria the fact that they are really really they are after our free speech and i think generally people are are they've had enough of it they're sick of it they're sick yeah. of being told what to say what to think and they want an end to it and whatever it takes you know i think really we're reaching it because how do we know we're reaching this point because the establishment is behaving in such a crazy fashion, you know, by coming after people. Like if they jail me, I, I, they could burst through my front door at any minute now, because I've just done a, an earlier stream tonight going through some more additional information about this case. So at any minute they could burst through my front door and arrest me. Why? Because I'm investigating a pandemic of sudden deaths as an investigative journalist. If they do that, it'll be their worst day. They'll make a hero out of me. I'll go to jail because I was investigating a genocide. So do it, do it to everyone listening, do it. I, th I think you're right. I think that basically you've, you've become too big to fail here. You've reached the point where uh, they are in a real bind because as you say, if they arrest you, you become a hero. Uh, if, they, if, they, if they don't arrest you, well, you can continue doing what you're doing. But you're right. I mean, you mentioned, you said even dumb people are realizing Andrew Torba is not dumb, but he did post uh, dur during this whole uh, Roseanne Barr thing. He said the day is coming very soon when the, uh, it, people are dis noticing undeniable patterns. The fact that they're, uh, one of these patterns is anti-Semitism uh, and they've gone too far and it's going to backfire on them because people are noticing. People are now being able to put two and two together and it's becoming a convincing argument. And once it becomes a convincing argument, I think you're going to see things heading in the opposite direction. And that brings me to the uh, Supreme Court in the United States. OK, one year ago, they overturned uh, Roe versus Wade, which is the uh, the decision uh, imposing abortion on the entire people of the United States of America. Now, this was different than Ireland. There was no referendum here. It was purely imposed by raw judicial power. That's what one of the justices said. And for almost 50 years, we had uh, this rule. Now, no one at the time, 1973, no one mentioned the word Jew at this time. Uh, no, before that, when Bernard Nathanson and Lawrence Later were promoting abortion in New York City, the New York Times never mentioned that Nathanson was a Jew, but they always mentioned that the people who opposed them were Catholics. 
Well, this all changed a year ago when suddenly uh, by the end of the summer, 400 Jewish organizations had come out and said abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. So what now we realize is we had the Jewish religion imposed on our country for almost 50 years. And now the Jews are upset because they can't impose their religion on us anymore. Uh, and uh, so they're going to the courts and saying, if you prevent us from promoting abortion, you're restricting our religion. Well, I'm going to say, wait a minute, if your religion is the murder of uh, uh, unborn children, you're not worshiping Yahweh, you're worshiping Moloch. And we need to draw the conclusions here, the, the proper conclusions. And we have to make these connections. So if you're fighting anti-Semitism, you're promoting abortion. When are, when are the Catholics going to wake up to that? There's a middle term here, okay? If you're fighting anti-Semitism, you're promoting Jewish power, the Jewish hegemony over our culture. If you're, if you're increasing Jewish power, you're going to get abortion. It's inescapable. And when are these right-to-lifers like the LifeSite News in Canada who said we have to fight uh, 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 anti-Semitism, when are they going to wake up to this fact? It's it, it, there is an, a kind of inexorable logic that is at work here. So just the other day, the same week, so to get back to the Supreme Court, they just overturned uh, this year affirmative action, uh, which is basically you have to factor in uh, race when you hire someone. Well, of course, you can't hire white people. You have to hire black people. And they suddenly realized, hey, this is racial discrimination. And they overturned it. So it's heading in the opposite direction. They also just today uh, said you can't force a bakery to bake uh, a cake for a gay wedding, which is ba basically what the whole Religious Freedom Restoration Act was about in, in Indiana about seven years ago now. And Mike Pence was governor then, and he signed the bill, and then he folded like a cheap suit when Mark Benioff showed up and told him to overturn the law. So it's heading in the opposite direction, but we... Let's be clear about what the direction is here. And we have an article on Estonia. Who knows how many Americans can locate Estonia on the map? Okay, I, I can because I was there and I gave speeches there. Uh, I was there for a number of years. The first time I went, I gave a talk on how sexual liberation is a form of political control. And it was broadcast over national Estonian TV. And I think they have about the same number as Ireland, about 5 million Estonians, yeah. like that. Anyway, so the government just uh, legalized gay marriage. Uh, out of the blue, like, where did this come from? Why is this an issue? Well, it's an issue because you're a colony of the American empire. And you got hornswoggled now into antagonizing Russia, which is you're a member of NATO, which was a big mistake. You know, you're a little country. They'll roll over you like a squashed bug if they ever decide to. Uh, now you're a member of NATO. Now you're part of the war effort against Russia. And so now you've put yourself in a situation where we have to show our loyalty to the American empire. And the American empire is, as I've said many times, one big gay disco. And so now they have to pass uh, uh, gay marriage. I'm telling my Estonian friends, and I do happen to have a few, that uh, the next step on this road is hate speech. 
(laughs) That's the next bill coming down the road. If you turn away from the natural law, you are going to be ruled by Jews and they are going to demand now that you pass hate speech. And then lo and behold, the article I read, it says exactly that. Hate speech is the next step along this trajectory. It's obvious. It's by now, it's obvious. Why? I tried to say this to my Australian friends. I tried to say, let's do what we did in Poland. You know, I'll come and the bishops will support me. And I'll talk about libido dominandi, sexual liberation and political control. And the bishop that I talked to, uh, you know, we have this conversation. As soon as I get off the phone, he turns around and behind my back calls me an anti-Semite. That blew up whatever chance they had to get gay mar- uh, to fight the gay marriage bill. And now they passed it. And as a result, uh, hate speech is going to be right around the corner. It follows as night from day. As night from day. And it was declared clearly in the Chivota Catolica article in appeared in 1890. They were talking about the French Revolution, 100 years after the French Revolution. The lesson is, if you turn away from the law, the natural law, or laws created by Christian kings, or the Irish constitution that enshrines uh, uh, the protection of the unborn, you will be ruled by Jews. And you're living proof of that now, Gemma. Yeah, no question. I mean, look, we didn't have a, a referendum. You know, it was a George Soros operation. You know, he came in with his funded the NGOs and gave them unlimited quantities of cash. And then they fabricated stories uh, in the press that there was a demand for abortion. So it wasn't a proper referendum. The people were completely blackmailed. The Irish are the most pro-life people on the planet um, but it, it's all been funded by the Jews. There's no question, no question about it. And we, we have a big pro-life rally coming up in the next uh, week or so in Dublin. And there's a lot of posters all over Dublin for this. And these creatures were caught um, taking these posters down from lampposts. And it's gone completely viral. And you look at the guy that's doing it, like, they, you know, they're getting getting up on wheelie bins and they're cutting them down. I mean, they're so desperate at the idea that the pro-life people can get onto the streets of Dublin and hold a peaceful rally. That's just not allowed. But I, I, you'd nearly be sure that that guy somewhere is being funded by Jewish money, tearing down these pro-life posters to adver- advertise right. a pro-life march. It's, it's, it's diabolical. They're possessed, these people. They are. They are. Uh, Actually, when I was in Estonia, uh, walking down the street, and there is a young lady who has done pastels of the, you know, the ruins, the old wall of of Tallinn, the capital. And so it was, uh, it was in the 90s, I believe. And I said, uh, you know, so is it easier to be an artist now that uh, communism has fallen? And she said, no, it's harder to be an artist because of George Soros. She mentioned George Soros' name. And she said he dominates the art scene now in Estonia. And all he's interested in is blasphemy and pornography. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, Estonia. Anyway, um, we have, if you're willing, we have people who would like to ask questions. We have that part of the show. So if you're willing, if you'd like to, uh, uh, you can ask questions. either me or, or Gemma, uh, any questions now? So let's go to the question and see what, what the, what the people have to say. All right. Time for questions. Okay. Uh, this is Mike Bajakis for you guys who don't know Dr. Jones assistant. 
Uh, just quick uh, rules here. Collins are made in our Telegram channel, and the link is in the description for anyone watching. In Telegram, uh, we'll call on those who raise their hand. And I guess we're probably not going to get to reading off text questions. Uh, maybe there's a couple good ones. I'll, I'll just blurt them out. But uh, cozy, I guess, ask some questions in chat. And if they're good, I'll ask. Um, try to keep the one question. Try to keep uh, uh, questions on subject. Be respectful of time. And don't forget to unmute yourself to the Telegram chat. Here we go. Uh, Andrew Torba. Is this the real Andrew Torba? Let's try. Go ahead, Andrew. Are you there? Hello. Is that the real Andrew Torba? Hey, yeah, it's me. Sorry, I had to unmute there. Hey. All right. Andrew, welcome. Uh, pleasure to, uh, to be here, guys. I, I appreciate all the work that you guys do. Um, you know, I just wanted to say that we support you guys. We're praying for you guys, um, especially the Irish people right now. You know, I, I learned just this week somehow. I, I don't even know how I didn't know this, but, you know, the hate speech stuff that's going on, the anti-prayer stuff in public spaces that's going on, um, it's it's lunacy. Um, so I did a, a, an article on that on Gab News. I blasted it out to our newsletter of, you know, millions of people. So other people become aware of what's going on. Um, but the, the crazy thing is that this is not only happening overseas, it's happening here in the United States. You know, we see Ron DeSantis kowtowing to his uh, Zionist donors uh, and, and passing these hate speech laws uh, in Florida. Uh, in my own home state of Pennsylvania, I learned this week that uh, uh, Congressman Frankel, uh, a Jewish congressman, is passing hate crime and hate speech related legislation as well. They're actually doing re-education camps for offenders, mandatory training for law enforcement on hate crimes and hate speech, um, and uh, a tip line, a snitch line for schools, for students, and for educators to snitch on one another if they're committed doing a wrong think or a hate crime or a hate speech, right? So this is our country, right? This is a country that has the First Amendment. Um, so I just wanted to, to highlight some of that stuff. I know you guys are talking about that stuff and I don't have a question or anything, but I just want to let you, uh, let you guys know that I'm praying for you and thank you for, for everything that you guys do. Thank, thank you, Andrew. Andrew, I'm, I'm, uh, from Pennsylvania. I grew up in Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, this, what you're talking about reminds me of the story of little Pavlik, uh, in the Soviet union, uh, where they taught the children to inform on their parents. The Nazis also did this type of thing. And little, exactly. Pav little Pavlik went into the uh, Cheka and informed on his parents. Uh, his father was arrested. Uh, and then the family was so outraged, they murdered little Pavlik. <laughs> I don't want to laugh. That's not, that's not funny. But uh, so the Soviet Union then made statues of little Pavlik and put them outside of schools to encourage the, the children of the Soviet Union to inform on their parents. Who would have thought it would come this far in this country? Or, or or in Ireland, but w wait a minute. Let's we have to be you know we have to be brave here, and let's get to the heart of the matter. Who did this? Was it the Russian people? No, it was the Cheka. The Cheka was the extraordinary committee to combat uh, terrorism and uh, anti-revolution counter-revolution. It was a Jewish operation from top to finish because Russians would not torture other Russians. So they had to get the Jews to do it. There are plenty of Bolsheviks, Jewish Bolsheviks who showed up. The Latvians were part of it. And this is all the testimony of Salo Baron, who's a, uh, uh, a Jewish historian. 
So we have to be bold enough to make the connections because otherwise, you know, Andrew's going to be off in Pennsylvania all by himself and Mike Jones is going to be off in Indiana all by himself and Gemma's going to be off in Ireland all by himself and, and my friend uh, Tyvo and, and Varro are going to be off in Estonia all by themselves and it, we're all going to be isolated and defeated. We have to be able to show that this is the pattern here, who's responsible, and we're going to hold these people responsible for what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, at it, it, it's down to people. You know, these laws have to be broken. That's the only way we defeat them. I mean, the Irish have a long history of rebelling against their colonial masters and, you know, only a hundred years ago, our ancestors broke every single rule in the book laid down by the British crown upon them. And that's how they got some form of independence. It wasn't real independence because they never really left. But, you know, they, they, we had certainly an appearance of it for a hundred years. This is what the Irish people, the Americans, the Canadians, all of the people of continental Europe and the British people have to do. They've got to break every single one of these hate speech laws, because once we lose our speech, it's finished. Absolutely. I don't want to take up too much more time. I mean, what I would say is that from my point of view, you know, I have a very high level view running Gab and, and having a very large Twitter account and, you know, seeing a lot of interaction and, and engagement from people and comments. And I think a lot more people understand and notice what's going on than we even realize. And so that gives me hope, that gives me promise. And, and these conversations, while they may not be happening sort of out in, out in the front as much as we'd like them to be, I think they absolutely are happening behind the scenes and people are paying attention. And, you know, once you spot patterns, you know, the human brain sort of works in this way where once we recognize a pattern of behavior, it's sort of impossible not to see it uh, once it's sort of been unlocked in your mind. So I think, you know, we have uh, the Holy Spirit on our side, we have God on our side. Um, and so we just have to keep speaking the truth boldly. And it's, it's people like us speaking up and not being afraid and showing that we can say these things out loud that everybody else is seeing and that everybody else is too afraid to say out loud and survive and thrive and continue to grow. Um, that's going to inspire other people. So thank you guys so much for what you're doing and I'll pass it off to someone else now. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. For all, for all you're doing. Mm -hmm. I, just to add uh, something else that happened this week, I got news that there were two, two Jews who, uh, who read the Jewish revolutionary spirit and converted to Catholicism because of that. So that was my aim there. It's not to destroy anyone, it's to help people. This is an act of love to the Jewish people because Jesus Christ told us we're supposed to love our enemies and the Jews are enemies of the entire human race, as St. Paul said. So this is, it's having its effect. Those two uh, Jews are not only Catholics, now they're monks. Uh, so. This shows you the power of the word, you know, it's bigger than all of us. Anyway, so let's go. What next? What's the, who's who's next? Next, we have, I, I guess, our next celebrity guest here. We got Handsome Truth. Go ahead, Handsome Truth. <laughs> wow, what a night. <laughs> how are you guys? Good. Hi, John. Hi. How are you guys? I see you guys share the flyers quite a bit, and I just want to say thank you for doing that. Um, and uh, I, I would like to have you guys come on the show sometime. I heard that uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones is writing a book and that he's going to be going around to, to other personalities and promoting this book. So um, 
<clears throat> I'd like to have you guys on if you guys are available. I'd be happy to. Um, Definitely. You, well, you've come on my stream and we have your flyers in, in this edition of the Irish Light and they're going down fantastically. A lot of people have contacted me to say, of course, it all makes sense. So thank you, John, for putting those flyers together, because I think they're, you know, they're so educational. They spell it out. Yeah, we just we just uh, dropped, I think, 5,000 in Georgia last weekend, and we were protesting at the synagogue, and uh, I got arrested for saying the word retard. So I was arrested for disorderly conduct, but um, I guess you can't say the word retard in Georgia. It's fighting words. And it was kind of like, I don't know if you guys saw any of this stuff, but uh, we went there and protested. We had a big um, blow-up doll a big homosexual blow up doll. We put a, a yarmulke on the back of it and a big gay pride uh, flag on the back of it. And we went outside the synagogue and we put a noose around it and hung it in front of uh, the synagogue to let everyone know. And we, there was actually black people that came up and actually were applauding uh, the hanging of the, the looking of the, the Jewish pedophile that we, we hung up there as a blow up doll. Um, but they had to shut it down. They called the cop, the rabbi texted the sheriff and they shut it down pretty quickly. But um, we're losing our freedom of speech. You've seen what happened with HB 269 in Florida. And that's because we've been passing out these flyers. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to encourage people. You got, we've got to get off this computer because it's a digital gulag. And we've really got to start getting, getting out in the streets. Because we're going to lose just chatting about this over and over again. This is just conversation, conversation, conversation. And it's like, we know who the enemy is. I believe they're the synagogue of Satan. They need to be called out. They need, to, in my opinion, they need to be expelled from this country. And then the, I believe that we, there should be a war waged on them for what they've done to humanity with these vaccines. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, I think if you start talking that way, it's going to be counterproductive. You start okay. if you start getting uh, immediately antagonistic like that, uh, you're going to bring about a reaction that will not be helpful. I think m in many ways you're responsible for the hate crimes bill in in Florida. Would you agree with that? Well, I would. I mean, people could say that, but he already had made hate speech bills with the children that were going to uh, the colleges and uh, high schools. So, I mean, if you could point a finger at what student was responsible for that, I'd like the answer. All right. I mean, the, the, on the other hand, uh, Henry Herskowitz has been pro uh, protesting in front of a, a synagogue in Michigan for years now, uh, and he's mm -hmm. the, he's been upheld be, uh, his right uh, to do this in public. I, I don't. I don't think we should denigrate uh, conversation. I think that everything everything comes about as a result of consciousness, and consciousness can only come about from discussion and uh, back and forth. Uh, in this type of discussion that we're doing on the internet. This is the... I, I, I agree with you there, Dr. E. Michael Jones, and I think you have a great approach, and you've, you helped wake me up uh, in all kinds of ways. Uh, your Goy's Guide to History was one of the most phenomenal uh, pieces of information on the internet. I'm just saying that there is a point in time where if we don't utilize the numbers in of our people that are awake here and get off the computer to protest against it, because we all know where the BLM's coming from, the child grooming's coming from, the vaccines are coming from. It's coming from the synagogue of Satan. You would agree, right? 
I've already said that. There's no, there's yeah. no revolutionary movement that doesn't have Jewish backing. Uh, that's certainly right. the case. Okay. All, all, I'm, all I'm saying is uh, I don't advocate any type of violence. I advocate. Oh, no, no, no violence. No, no, no. I didn't mean violence. Like, no, no, no. I think you missed. I'm just saying that when the information is out there and the Jews, you know, for the 110th time, most likely get expelled for the, the mischievous things they've done in America. Okay, which is what our, all of our ancestors have done, which is expel them. Nothing violent. I'm saying that, you know, the world will be very upset when they find out the amount of destruction. The world just hasn't caught up to the truth yet. All right. I've made my position yeah. clear. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for calling in. You got it. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank Bye -bye. you, Tom. We'll be on the show soon. We can debate it. Okay. Okay. Definitely. Okay, bye. All right, there we are. That was HT. Um, uh, let's do. Let's do. A, let's see. Six o'clock. Want to do a couple? Couple. Yeah. Let's get. Going? We we took a long time at the beginning, so we'll have to go a little longer to get to. Uh, I mean, Gemma, you don't have to stay. You can, but uh, I think we owe them. Unless you. I I think we owe them a little more time for the questions because we took a long time uh, discussing the issues. Let's do it. Well, go then, ahead. We'll we'll go with uh, two here, two more calls, and then we'll jump to cozy. Uh, so you guys and Cozy uh, start writing down your questions. All right, let's go to our boy Lloyd. Go ahead, Lloyd. Oh, hi, Gemma. It's uh, Lloyd from Australia. Uh, I just want to ask the question, how much support are you getting, particularly from, from you know, I guess, faithful Catholics? I would say from faithful Catholics, not much, because unfortunately they lack courage. You know, they... Um, that's what I've really discovered about my uh, Catholic colleagues, you know, and really what I've tried over the last few years, I have made it very clear that the only way we can save our country is by becoming a Catholic country again and living, you know, a Catholic lifestyle. And um, that shouldn't be hard for the Irish people. They know what that means. So um, I would have thought, you know, that the support among Catholics, but they don't have this courage. They lack courage to speak out. They will not name the Jew under any circumstances. And they're very happy doing their rosaries. And that, that's fantastic. But I'm afraid, you know, they would be, they would call me anti-Semite and a Holocaust denier. They don't get it. They don't get it. Some of them do. The Latin mass people do, I think. But that's the position, yeah. Lloyd. I, I don't want to interrupt here, but uh, they're not the exception. I would say that's the rule. I just went through this whole thing with Patrick Coffin, uh, these Catholics who are trying to get me thrown, get uh, Patrick Coffin to throw me under the bus because I'm an anti-Semite. This is this is the, the, the tragedy, I think, of 50 years of Catholic Jewish dialogue, over 50 years now, where basically you have Catholics denouncing other Catholics according to Jewish taboos. This has nothing to do with the Catholic faith. Uh, if, if, if I'm asked... Uh, I mean, Lloyd, Lloyd was the guy who arranged that interview with that bishop. You know, he knows what I'm talking about. But basically, if somebody goes to a, a priest and says, I think we should invite E. Michael Jones to speak at the parish, the first thing that priest will do is Google my name. And the first thing that will come up will be the ADL's defamation of me. Now, this is no way to, this is not Catholic unity. You're going to the ADL to find out whether I'm a Catholic in good standing. I'm sorry, Lloyd, go ahead. Yeah, I've, I've said it before, but we're really starting to see a rise in 
um, Christian pushback in Australia because we're, you know, the, the, the tyranny in Australia is, it's more passive aggressive, I guess, but um, it's still there. And I think it's become obvious that the only way to push back on this is through, you know, Christian pushback. So, and I think we're starting to see a lot of that. So that's very positive. Anyway, thank you very much. You're welcome. You. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Anyone who thinks that they can take on the powers of this world without the assistance of Jesus Christ and his Catholic Church is crazy. You are absolutely crazy. You cannot take on, you're a fool to think you can do this. And that's why, but I, as Gemma said, the Irish, this is not strange. This is not a, a strange idea to the Irish people. They're all Catholic. They know where the churches are, but we have to get rid of this kind of roadblock that Catholic Jewish dialogue has created. We don't understand. They can't read the gospel. They can't understand the gospel. The, the, the acts of the apostles, the gospels are full of this conflict between the people who accepted Jesus Christ and the people who rejected them. That's the armature of human history and nothing's going to change. All right. Next question. I'm into that. <laughs> All right, thanks, Lloyd. Let's do one more here. Then we're jumping to Cozy. So you guys start asking your questions on Cozy. Uh, MV, go ahead, MV. Dr. Jones, I was at a pub the other day, and ESPN happened to be on. I don't normally watch it, but then it flipped over to an advertisement for the ACLU, which is interesting in light of all this discussion about free speech. Now, I thought that was a little interesting that the ACLU was chilling for donations, what it was, on ESPN. That's not the first place I would think of to look for people who might be interested in contributing to the ACLU. Usually sports, you go to get away from that kind of stuff. Just wondering about your thoughts. Does that mean they're desperate? Yeah, uh, for, first of all, uh, the ADL has politicized absolutely everything. They have just, uh, the, the United Biden administration has used the most comprehensive plan to combat anti-Semitism in American history. And the author of that plan was mainly uh, Debbie Lipstadt, who was the creator of the, the idea of Holocaust denial. That means, this, they, they got explicit here. They started saying, we need the U.S. Department of Agriculture to start fighting anti-Semitism. We need the Forest Service to fight the Forest Service. What's the Forest Service got to do with anti-Semitism? Are you talking about Smokey the Bear? <laughs> Is, is he is he a closet well, anti semite? This is the ACLU, though, not the ADL. Right. I'm just saying that the there's a full court press on uh, that is reaching down to like local TV in South Bend, Indiana, at seven o'clock in the morning, which I watch when I'm in the gym. I don't have a television myself, and there are ads about anti semitism now. Usually, it's like someone who will fix your garage door, and some shyster lawyer who's an ambulance chaser wants you to uh, sue somebody. <laughs> And now they got ads for the uh, uh, ADL and fighting anti-Semitism. They're desperate. They're desperate. Panic. Panic. I think so. Mm. All right. Well, okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see. Thank, thanks, MV. Okay. Time, time for Cozy. Um, I couldn't find who said it, but earlier uh, people were asking if you had some type of um, like a, a defense fund or some type of charity set up for you, Gemma. Um, no, I don't as yet. If I lose, I may have to, if I lose my cases. But thank you so much to anyone offering no. I, I try to avoid that, you know, because 
it, people are hard pressed enough as it is, but if it comes to it, yeah, these people do want to take the roof over my head. There's no question about that. But, but, you're, but I'm you, not going to allow them. I'm not, I'm not going to leave my home, so <laughs> I'm not going to allow them. They're, they're, that's not going to happen. But you, but you said something positive happened yesterday, didn't you? Is that true? Oh, well, that's in another another action being taken against me, which we were all set for the trial. This has been a ridiculous defamation case against me over a tweet about um, a convicted paedophile. And his brother is saying that I was talking about him. He's a politician. And I was clearly not. I was talking about the convicted paedophile who everyone was talking about that day in the media. But uh, he's been suing me for four years over a tweet that was not about him and, you know, threatening me every few months with the uh, court action, the court appearances and all of this. And I pretty much have ignored it. But the trial date was set for yesterday and um, we were all ready to go, went in and the judge, for some reason, another case just came up and he wasn't able to do it. And now it's been pushed off into the ether again for another few months. So. You know, this is what they do. It's lawfare. It's not warfare. It's lawfare against journalists like me. Okay. I was just going to use the word lawfare. I didn't know where yeah, that penetrated. It's disgusting. To it's disgusting. The classic example over here was uh, Roberta Kaplan, the Jewish lesbian uh, lawyer who raises money to go after the people who were protesting in Charlottesville. Uh, give me money and I will ruin these people's lives. And she gets a lot of money for doing that. And you're, you know, uh, how much money do you have? You see, Mike, the difference between us and them is they live their lives for money. They think that we are governed by money. We're not. We're governed by God. And this is a big problem for them because part of me, you know, I often will think, well, so what? I mean, I'm never going to be homeless. I have a great family. I have plenty of support out there. Yeah, maybe God wants me to have my home taken from me by these people, you know, and do as he said, get rid of all your material possessions and walk with me, leave everything behind. So I fear nothing at this stage because they've done everything. They've taken my good name. They've threatened, they've thrown bricks through my uh, front door. They've done everything, bar kill me and bankrupt me. I'm not governed by money. They are. And they think that they can get to people like us in this way. It doesn't really work. When you have your faith, you can survive anything. Yeah, that's that's the message of Christus in Dachau. That is, these were priests who were thrown into a situation uh, completely unjust. They were completely at the mercy of sadistic SS guards who were all criminals for the most part, who hated religion. This is the main theme and hated the Catholic Church because it, it uh, stood for the moral law that they couldn't follow. And the priest said, we were completely helpless. We couldn't do anything. We had to suffer, but there was a plan to God's suffering. They were all purified by that God, by that plan, and also things would happen that uh, you had they could not explain. So this one guy, he's threatening. He's got total power, power over life and death over these poor priests, and suddenly he drops dead because God's in charge, you know. And when you're when what St. Paul said is true, when I am weak, I am strong because I have God's power and they can't stop God's power. Correct. Anyway, go ahead, Mike. All right. Uh, from Catless on Cozy question, Dr. Jones and Gemma, uh, can you give us some ideas to fight the usury worldwide system uh, on the culture war? 
Okay, first of all, the bad news. <laughs> the Supreme Court overturned Biden's debt forgiveness bill. That was a mistake, okay? Uh, because debts have to be forgiven. And the, 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 the rich, uh, if you're Donald Trump, you declare bankruptcy three times. He's declared bankruptcy three times. This is debt forgiveness, uh, and it's for the rich alone. The poor, the poor people who uh, took out student loans cannot do this because it's written into the student loan law. And so they have to pay back and they will never get out of debt. So that was a mistake, I think, on the part of the Supreme Court. The Achilles heel of the Supreme Court is conservatism uh, as opposed to Catholicism. And conservatism believes that uh, pacta sunt servanda. Basically, if you get into debt, you're going to have to pay the debt, even though it's impossible to, to, to pay it back. So that was a mistake. So in my humble estimation, you should think long and hard about taking out a student loan. Don't do it because education is nothing but politically correct crap at this point, and you will never get out of that debt. The, the basis of independence is basically being debt free uh, other on a material level. Anyway, Gemma, what do you think? I tell that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, don't take it on in the first place if you can at all. I know it's easy for us to say things were very different when we were buying our homes, but um, you know th there are other ways around it. And you know, even if it means getting a little bit of land if you can, maybe through somebody in the family or an uncle or a great uncle or a great aunt, and you know, putting up something temporary, just even a shed that you can live in. Do not take on debt. I've spoken to people recently and even debts that they have of two or three thousand euros, say, outstanding on credit cards, they're not allowed to pay them back. They, they cannot just straightforward pay them back. They have to keep paying the compound interest and it goes on and on and on. So it's absolutely crippling. Once you have no debt, you are free and try to work in a cash business. Get away from the professions. The professions are all rotten. You will be asked to give poisonous vaccines and you'll be asked to arrest people. And if you if you get involved within any of the, the institutions of the state, get a trade if you're a young man and you know, if you're a young woman, become a mother. Find a good man who will look after you and become a mother and start forming strong families. And you will thrive, you will, but not if you have debt on your shoulders. Yeah, the last time I was in Ireland, I was given driven across the country and got a lecture on the hidden grammar of the Celtic tiger, which was basically Irishmen going into debt for vacations or, or houses that they never got. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't know that you had to pay that back, I guess. I don't know, but that, that's absolutely crazy. Uh, they, and then, well, many of them got vaccinations to go on holiday and now they're dead, you know, so this is the mindset in Ireland. It's not that, you know, if you were to go on to some of the, the, the houses for sale sites in Ireland, you could find a most beautiful little cottage on the Atlantic coastline, the, one of the most beautiful places in the world with an acre of land, you know, for maybe 30 or 40,000. And that could be your paradise if you put some work into it and you will be away from all the madness of the 15 minute cities that they're installing all over Ireland, all over Europe, all over America. 
you'll have your peace and you'll have no debt. You know, people can afford, I mean, they can surely raise the money, you know, to get 20 or 30,000 together if they work hard over a few years. So that's what I would advise. Okay. Who's next? Uh, Cozy. Let's see. Poking guy. Uh, he's asking, uh, Gemma is gombean man an Irish word for Jew? No. <laughs> gombean man. No. There's no Irish word for Jew, <laughs> as far as I know. No, gombean man just means like a chanter, a, you know, sort of, we have like quite a few cute whore, but that's Irish as well. It just means somebody who's on the take and a chancer and that's my understanding of it a bit a bit clueless as well so all it's right. very irish though all right uh from uh vera veritacity um question for Gemma: will you come to america to visit we will support you i love america i've been there lots of times i brought my documentary there my mary about the the longest and younger youngest missing person in Ireland. I don't know if I could bear to go there now because I would just cry at what I would see. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, at some point I would love to go back, but I'm just so sad at what has happened to that great country, you know, and I don't I don't want to. I mean, it's hard living in, in my own country and seeing what's happened to it. Um, and I just know, you know, I mean, I love New York, but I would just I would, my heart would break to see what they've done to it. So, <laughs> If you come to South Bend, Gemma, I will take you to Lake Michigan, and I will respect—I will respect your pronouns too, so that we wow. don't. Wow. Okay, I'll—I'll I'll have to respect them as well. Yeah. So, so we don't go <laughs> that the Jewish lesbian who is the main law enforcement agent in the state of Michigan doesn't arrest us and throw us in jail. <laughs> probably, probably, but sure, look, we'll survive. <laughs> All right, another one for Gemma here. Uh, the Thin Red Line asks, uh, do you support the National Party of Ireland? Uh, no, I don't. I don't support any political party in Ireland because the election system is rigged. And I don't know how they think they're going to get into power. So uh, I, I differ on them with many. I mean, I look, I know that they will sort of touch tangentially on the, the Jewish issue, yes. And if there was any party in Ireland that I would support, it would be the National Party. But um, I tried to run for election several times and I could see that my votes were literally disappearing at the count centre in front of my eyes. The system here is as rigged as yours is, but it's much easier here to rig it because it's so, you know, there's so few people counting the votes. So I've given up on the whole idea that elections are going to save us. They're not. It's got to be an army of one every day defying the state in all its guises, defying all of the illegal laws, you know, and doing everything to protect your own freedom, using cash, um, you know, making sure that you can sustain your family through growing your own, having your own fuel supply, etc. That's the way. And I don't hear enough of that from the National Party. You know, but they were very old, very slow on the vaccine issue as well. Very, very slow on that. So, no. Uh, just uh, apropos uh, Germany, uh, which I think is worse than Ireland for obvious reasons. 
the Alternative for Deutschland Party, the AfD, just won an actual election in Thuringia, in Thuringia. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this man will actually be at the head of the government. And uh, this party is now looking to uh, probably win the elections because I don't think there's ever been a worse government in German history than the current government. Uh, yeah. uh, Annalena Baerbock, who said that she's going to stand with the Ukrainian people, no matter what the German people think, that's the foreign minister. Uh, the prime minister who can't look into who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. It's a catastrophic situation. And uh, I think that there's going to be a, a political political reaction. But, but politics has not solved anything for us, Mike. I mean, like it has not in the last hundred years. It's just failed the people. Look at Georgia Maloney in Italy. We had such great hopes for her and she was barely elected when she was kissing the backside of Netanyahu down at the wall. Well, I right. don't know, I mean, supporting Zelensky. And we, now I know in the last few weeks she has done some good things in terms of the gay lobby and you know, denying lesbians the right to be on birth certificates. But the AFD, I mean, do they name the Jew? Uh, do they? I, I don't have much trust in them at all. I don't think, I think you go to jail if you name the Jew in Germany. Well, name them. This, this name is, them and go to jail for your this, country. This is, a, this is precisely the point. Uh, so I, I don't want to snuff out the smoldering wick, uh, but, I, but I understand what you're saying. I, you know, there's a bruised reed here. Uh, I'm trying to encourage the people to have some, the German people to have the, the courage to uh, return to the faith. But look, it's heading in the opposite direction. I just saw an article, 500,000 Catholics have left the church uh, in this past year. Now, it's probably because of the catastrophic situation among the German bishops and the, the synodal vague, the synodal way in Germany where they're endorsing all of these liberal, you know, things like married priests and homosexual marriage. So uh, anyway, what well, I, you, I, you I, and I, we are in agreement that the solution can only come from Catholicism. And I don't think the AFD is a particularly Catholic party. No, are they? no, no this, is, this is exactly why I have a friend in Bavaria. He tells me when he goes to these alternative for Deutschland meetings or the political meetings, there is no sense whatsoever that the Catholic Church has any role to play in the reform of the situation in Germany, which is the exact opposite of what we are saying. Where yeah, I'm, well, I'm saying the situation is so hopeless, you, you have to turn to God <laughs> because there's no other source that is powerful enough to overcome the wickedness that is in charge of the world right now. And, and it's the Catholic values, the values of a Catholic society, you know, the morality, the strong families. You know, somebody asked me about the National Party, like I, they're not coming from a Catholic perspective, so it will fail. The only solution is to rebuild Catholic Europe and Catholic America, and then we win. I agree. I have to agree with you. All right. One more question. All right, this, this is a good uh, plug for uh, Gemma here from St. Stephen 1 on Cozy. Uh, can we subscribe to the Irish light here in the U.S.? No, unfortunately not. Well, you can see the front page, but that's it. Because I, it's, a, it's very much a paper. It's a, it's a hard copy that is delivered door to door to the sleeping Irish. And that's why I sort of like what Handsome Truth is doing, because he's delivering the leaflets into the, the homes of the uninitiated. 
And that's what we're doing with the Irish Light. We're, we're really out on the road, getting into housing estates and towns and villages all around Ireland and just dropping this information into people who may never have seen it and are starting to ask questions. So my priority is saving my country. And like, I'd love to be able to put it online, but I can't afford to because then people won't order it by hard copy. But I, I may at some point, but it costs about 2000 every edition. Um, so I have to recoup my costs on that. So that's the reason why I don't put it online. So apologies to everyone in, in the States. I know a lot of people did want it, but we're looking at changing that. So we'll see. Well, thank you, Gemma. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank, thank you for you. The viewers you. and all these intelligent questions that we get. We have a great discussion here every Friday. And so we look forward to see you next Friday. So peace. Thanks a million, Mike. And Mike. No problem. See you guys.